Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody, and happy Friday. My name is Kevin Combs, Vice President here at McKinney Favelle. Today is June 2nd, 2023, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast. Today, I'm filling in for Mike Coughlin, our fabulous CEO, as he's on vacation. But don't let that make you unhappy here. Today, I have our <laughs> very own Sean Bingham, Director of Risk Management at McKinney Favelle, and we're going to talk a little bit about the energy markets. And, you know, here we are coming into the summer driving season between Memorial Day and Labor Day and uh, starting to get the roads hot already. Myself made one trip up to Reno and got another one coming up this weekend. But what about you, Sean? I Actually, no travel plans, but, uh, you know, talk about hot commodity podcast. It's supposed to be in the 90s here this weekend. And, uh, we haven't had rain now. It's been pretty, it's been unusually warm all week and we haven't had any rain. I think we might get a little tonight, very spotty though. So uh, I think it's kind of one of the reasons we saw some, uh, some bounce in the uh, grain markets here. Not too recently is this hot, dry weather that seems to be sitting over the Midwest. But uh, well, anyway, yeah, I think I'll just hang here at home with the AC rolling. There you go. Well, after <laughs> I think you nailed it with these weather markets and, you know, we've been coming off from these super high markets on grains in particular and, you know, approaching $5 on corn and it's been nice to read, but we've kind of been wondering, you know, are we going to build that weather premium? And it looks like uh, maybe this is a start with this heat. It could very well be. Certainly if it, if it keeps going. I mean, obviously Kansas is getting some, some needed rains here in the last few days, but uh uh, here in my part of the country, it it is starting to dry up quite a bit. So a uh, little little bit concerning here, Iowa, Illinois. Although I have to say, get off a little off subject. I uh, went to pick up my son at school, and he's on the Illinois Iowa border up north here. And I I tell you, I don't remember pre Memorial weekend seeing as much green on the field as I as I did on that trip, particularly as you got close to Iowa. So crops in early maybe we could have waited <laughs> and, and, and avoided some of this heat, but I think farmers would rather have it in than not. All right. Well, because of the heat and all, and, and we started this talking, going to talk about yeah. energy and here we are going on yeah, grains, no. but uh, how do you see things playing out? I know we just had an EIA report yeah. and driving, et cetera. Do we expect it to be active uh, high consumption period or, or what do you see happening? Well, I thought, yeah, I thought what we do is, you know, we obviously we get the weekly, uh, we get the weekly EIA report on stocks and stuff like that, but they also recently uh, put out their short-term energy outlook. So I just, you know what I thought I'd do is just kind of talk about where we where we sit in general uh, in the energy markets with regard to crude and uh, gasoline and ultra uh, you know ultra low sulfur diesel or heating oil. You know, kind of where we are on a stocks basis, what what the EIA is looking at going forward, where we are gas prices, and you know how that might impact the economy a little bit. Uh, kind of, a, you know, just a smattering of different stuff, but all with the kind of the focus that, that as, uh, as you, as I'm sure you recall at the, at the spring seminar, I, I spent most of that seminar just talking about how impactful 
energy prices are now uh, to the grain market, and, that, and obviously specifically corn and, and soybean oil with ethanol and renewable diesel. So uh, yeah, let's, we'll do a little bit of an overview here, kind of where things might look to shake out, how it might impact corn going forward. So in today's, uh, in today's, this morning's report, which was delayed because of the holiday, uh, what we are, as far as just pure uh, petroleum stocks and, and specifically crude oil, we're in much better shape than we were last year. So, uh, you know, we, we're sitting on, as far as crude oil goals goes, sitting on just under 460 million barrels of stocks. Uh, that's about 2% under the average, but it's almost 11% higher than where we were last year. So we were in kind of a an ugly situation with crude oil stocks. And this is all, I know everybody's going, well, yeah, it's the SPR. This is all without the SPR. That's that's a whole other situation that we're going to have to deal with uh, longer term down the road. But uh, so, you know, as far as crude oil stocks in, in much better shape, gasoline and diesel is a little bit different situation and that particularly in our Bob gasoline. So we are about 1% below where we were last year in gasoline, and we're about 2.5% better on diesel. But on a five-year average, where we're with crude oil, we're just a little bit below the average. We're about 8% underwater on gasoline and about 6%, or I'm sorry, 16% behind on diesel. So while we have plenty of crude oil stocks, uh, the refining uh, port, you know, the, the refining co-products, we're still struggling a little bit to keep stocks up. Well, that would certainly explain how the uh, local gas station two blocks down <laughs> from me is sitting there at 529 for regular here. Yeah, but here, here, I mean, uh, funny you brought that up. So I, I just jotted down where AAA had prices uh, today and last year, and obviously California and, and Illinois, unfortunately, too, is a bit of an outlier. But so today, uh, AAA had regular gasoline three fifty seven a gallon. Last year, it was four sixty seven. So we're we're twenty four percent cheaper in regular gasoline nationwide. Uh, I don't know if that makes you feel better when you pull up to the pump. I'm sure that car you drive is very high, you know, very fuel efficient, right? Oh, and, uh, of course. Yeah, all, for, all my cars are fuel efficient. Yeah, and so for those of you that don't know, Kevin drives a pretty souped up Corvette, so I'm sure he's burning wow. through gasoline. It's not uh, that souped up, but it does much much better than uh, the '72 Cadillac I have in my. Oh garage. wow! I had one of those. I had a convertible. Uh, mine was a '74. Uh, those are nice. tanks. Those are tanks on wheels, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so similar situation with diesel uh, today. Diesel is about three ninety five last year. It was five fifty four, so that's that's down about almost thirty percent. If you look at that from an economic perspective, uh, it's a good thing, right? I mean, that's that's just more money in people's pocket that they're not that they're not going to have to pay out in gas prices. So I guess we can look at it, that is kind of a little bit of an upside economically. But you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about in in kind of specific to energy and corn. So we just got the latest uh, May WASD report. And we uh, we have a significantly different stocks to use outlook now in corn. We're going from a little, a little bit over 10% uh, in this current 22, 23 crop uh, to something, on, you know, like 14, I believe it was 14.7, 14.8. Yeah. So high 14s, yep, high 14s. So if you just look at, you know, historically, you know, I run those stocks to use and, and price uh, plots. If you just look at that by itself, 
um, that that would really project corn. Uh, and I'm looking at Dece corn specifically, which is trading around uh, 550-ish uh, area, maybe a little bit lower than that now. Um, that would project Dece corn down under $4 if, if the, if the uh, USDA is right. And we're getting... And we're getting high 15s. However, having said that, that's just one metric that we're going to look at. The other metric is the impact that 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 the price of crude oil has. And so, if we look at what uh, EIA just put out, so in 2022, uh, WTI averaged about ninety four dollars and ninety cents. So we are considerably lower than that today. Um, I think, you know, this morning crude was trading around 70, 70 uh, per barrel. Yep. But uh, if so, if you kind of if you kind of take some of that information, you go, OK, well, let's 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 specifically look at gasoline. So gasoline in 2022, which was kind of the peak of the bad prices, was just under four bucks. The 2020, you know, rest of 2023 and 2024 forecast for EIA is for prices to be about 333 on average in 23 and down to 309 in 2024. So we're probably looking at about a 75 to 80 cent discount from what we saw in 2022. But that if if you run those same kind of correlations on the price of corn, that only really knocks corn down about a buck. So unfortunately, even though that stocks to use number is giving us something that it might be suggestive of sub $4 corn. When you throw in the the energy component of crude oil, I'm afraid that's probably going to, unfortunately, even though it's quite a bit lower, keep us elevated in in that corn price. So I, you know, I think if you kind of throwing those things together, um, I think very good chance we're going to be under $5 corn, but you know, once we get down to 450, uh, I think that pull back up, assuming the EIA, EIA's got it right, uh, and we're going to see uh, uh, WTI crude kind of stay here in this $74, $75 a barrel for most of the rest of this year. Um, going to maybe limit kind of the downside on the corn market. And, you, and we could say the same thing. I didn't run the numbers this morning on soybean oil, and that probably even more impactful with, uh, with diesel. But, you know, we look at these kind of still not great stock situations for motor gasoline and diesel. I think some of these, some of these numbers uh, just on stocks to use are maybe a little bit optimistic on the downside. I would, I would, I would definitely err on the side of, of trying to pick a price too low before you start layering in on some of that corn or soybean oil coverage. And we've, you know, we've come down a lot in, 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 in these prices here recently. And I think, I think if a lot of folks are taking advantage of some of these prices, but, uh, I hope so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, you know, here's the other thing, the, a lot of this, uh, this EIA short-term energy fo- forecast is predicated on this idea that we're going to have a slowdown in the economy. And that's not a guarantee. We have seen, um, we have seen inflation remain, a little bit stubborn, which means I think there was a lot of talk that we were going to get a, a pause at the next Fed meeting. And I think we're still going to get that pause. I don't think they're going to raise rates. But but inflation's not coming down quite like we want. And, and maybe if we do get another 
rate hike or two. It, that that could certainly push us into a recession. But you know, at the same time, you know, Europe Europe is struggling a little bit, but they're getting a, they're getting to the end of a of a hiking cycle. China just had some data come out earlier this week that was not not too friendly. So, you know, maybe we can get this forecast uh, for crude oil demand even lower than where it is, and that would help move some of these these prices lower. But I would say, at least as the forecast stands, and this the STO is pretty close to what I'm thinking, that $70 to $80 crude oil range for, for most of the rest of the, the year, if not a little bit longer. I think that's going to keep uh, corn and soybean oil a little bit elevated more than what we would normally expect with a, you know, plus 15% uh, stocks to use level. So, you know, much better position than we were last year. Things are all moving in the right direction. Hopefully we get a, a, a bin buster, as they say, in, in the corn market this year and the soybean market. And uh, you don't, you don't wish for a, for a recession, but, you know, maybe just a, a if the Fed could pull off that, that elusive, uh, you know, soft landing and we just kind of get some low growth, but not no growth. Right. You know, who knows? Maybe we get a, maybe we get a chance for sub $4 corn uh, uh, at some point in the foreseeable future. I think we still got one thing working against us a little bit there too. And I'd be interested in your thoughts on how it plays out in the energy markets as well. But obviously the Ukraine and Russia war situation continues on. It doesn't look like there's any real end to sight. Obviously, that impacts production of grains, particularly uh, corn and wheat there. Mm -hmm. But from an energy market, it kind of seems to come into two play because, you know, Russia seems to be able to get their oil out into the marketplace still. But yep. does that build a premium here in the energy markets? or is Well, that yeah. So if we, you know, we kind of talk about that, that premium that's built into the market from the Ukraine war. I mean, if you, if you, if you threw that price into corn... I'd probably say, I don't know, Kevin, 40, 50 cents, something like that. I don't, I don't see, I don't see us getting down to where we should be on a stocks to use level. Um, but, uh, you know, that kind of sub four, but, uh, you know, kind of between the, between the war and, and, and assuming we're going to continue to see elevated energy prices, I think we get down to four and a quarter, 450. We're going to see a lot of buying a corn this year. Yeah. Uh, at that level. So I think there'd be a lot of support at 450 from the user community. Yeah, I think you, I think you're exactly right because really there's just, unless we get a, a really significant economic downturn and into the, into that conflict, uh, I see very little reason for corn to get, to get too far under 450, just pure risk reward basis. You might as, might as well get it there and, and it's going to look a heck of a lot better than, uh, than, the, than the budget did last year. That's for sure. Yep. No, definitely. So, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that's my, that's kind of what I'm seeing on, on, uh, uh, as far as energy impact in some of these markets. Well, awesome, Sean. Thanks for that, uh, wonderful recap on energy and the EIA report and, uh, a little bit more than that. So anyway, everyone that wraps up our weekly hot commodity podcast. Just want to remind you all that we're going to be having a risk management webinar with Sean on June 14th we are. at 11 a.m. Pacific standard time. So uh, more key intel there for you and uh, look for the invites on that coming out from us soon if you haven't already seen it yep and uh, as Mike always says live with an attitude of gratitude until next time take care everyone 
That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.